Uh, thank you, uh, Yuda, for uh, reading God's word to us uh, this evening. Good evening, everyone. If you don't know me, my name's Matt, and I'm one of the ministers here at Helensburg and Stanwell Park Anglican Church. Feel free to ask questions using slido.com with the hashtag HBSP, and I will spend some time after the sermon answering them. Well, over the last few weeks, uh, we have looked at Paul's words of encouragement to the Philippian church. In chapter 1, verse 27, Paul writes, Only let your manner of life be worthy, or only behave as worthy citizens of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm, in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the sake of the gospel. The Philippian church were to consider themselves citizens of heaven, not citizens of this world. Paul is confident that whether he comes, eventually is able to come and see them or not, they will continue to stand firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the sake of the gospel, as they have already done with Paul since the beginning. Paul describes to this church that behaving as citizens worthy of the gospel means having the mind of Christ, which he explains in 2 verse 5 is theirs because they are in Christ. The mind of Christ is one of humility. They are not to act from selfish ambitions or conceit, but in humility they are to count others more significant than themselves. They are to not look only to their own interests, but to the interests of others, as Christ models for them. And everything that Paul has written to the church here in Philippi is as applicable to us today as it was to them back then. And Paul continues by printing, uh, painting this precious picture, a picture that reveals to us the way in which Jesus Christ, in very nature God, humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross. And God highly exalts our Savior to his rightful place in heaven where one day every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And this is all done for the glory of God the Father. And the whole point is that just as Christ humbled himself, we too are to humble ourselves. And just as Christ is exalted, for us who believe in him, we too will be exalted. Paul then encourages them, and he also encourages us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, assuring us that it is God who sustains us through it all, and he does it for his good pleasure. And now Paul gives the church in Philippi examples of those who have done it, who have had the mind of Christ, who have imitated Christ, Examples for the Philippian church to imitate. And I confidently believe that we have 
these same examples in our church here today. People who have the mind of Christ. People who are imitating Christ. People who we too can imitate. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to be open to your word which is before us today. Thank you for the example we have in your son Jesus Christ. Help us to serve one another by the strength that you have given us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, there's a friend of mine who is an experienced high school teacher, and she tells a story of when she taught a kindergarten sports lesson. Her training and experience was not in kindergarten sports. It was obviously in high school teaching, and she was an art teacher. But filling in one day, she began the sports lesson by telling the kids to run around the oval to warm up. And so she stayed and she watched these kindergarten kids run around the oval. And it just happened that on this particular day, there was a gate on the far side of the oval that was left open. And for some unknown reason, the first child just ran straight out the gate, followed by the entire rest of the kindergarten class. Now, you can imagine the fear on my friend's face when she realized that she has just lost the entire kindergarten class out the gate and down the road. Following in someone else's footsteps is not something that you need to learn. It is somehow built into our nature, and most of us probably realize that a tremendous amount of what we do has been picked up not only by observing others, but imitating them as well. Imitating is unavoidable, even in our Christian faith. Imitating is inevitable. And not all imitation is bad. Imitation can be used to improve skills. And imitation can also be life-saving. Paul believes that imitating others is vital to Christian growth and maturity. I have a completely black screen, sorry. I'm just going to load it up again, sorry. Great, no worries. So here Paul believes that imitating others is vital to Christian growth and maturity. And it's not a matter, or a matter of whether or not we do imitate people, but a matter of who and why we imitate them. And what we may need to consider as we look at this idea of imitating people is that not only do we imitate those around us, but also others possibly are going to imitate us as well. 
So consider with me what makes a person an effective reflection of Jesus Christ. What is it that makes a person an effective reflection of Jesus Christ? And fundamentally, we must realize that as Christians, it is Christ who we follow. And that means that ultimately, Christ will be the one who we strive to imitate. So the people we imitate better be a reflection of Jesus Christ, or else we may just be imitating the wrong people. So consider with me what makes a person an effective reflection of Jesus Christ. And here in this passage, Paul holds up two model citizens who behaved worthy of the gospel of Christ. Two model citizens, Timothy and Epaphroditus. Now, as you first read this passage, it might seem to you as though Paul is just explaining the travel plans. His plan is to send Timothy and Epaphroditus to the church in Philippi. But there is more to this passage than just the travel plans. And we know this because of the detail and the language Paul uses to describe both Timothy and Epaphroditus. Paul presents these two men as model citizens, citizens whose manner of life is worthy of the gospel of Christ. And Paul wants the church in Philippi to imitate them. And we know this is the case because of what Paul writes in chapter 3, just a couple verses later in chapter 3, verse 17. If you want to turn there with me, Paul says, Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, and look for those who live similar lives. Look out for those whose manner of life is worthy of the gospel of Christ and imitate them as well. Now, remember, the reason Paul is writing this letter to the Philippian church is because he is in prison in Rome and he can't go and be with them. Even though Paul is in prison, his fellow workers on this occasion are not in prison with him. And so because he can't go, he is sending others in his place. And Paul sends plans to send Epaphroditus back to Philippi because that's where he's from. And then depending on what happens with Paul's imprisonment, whether he's released or not, he also wants to send Timothy, but this will be at a later date. The reason Paul wants to send Timothy and Epaphroditus is so that they can be examples for the church in Philippi to follow. Paul wants them to follow these men to physically and intimately know them and imitate them. 
And it goes without saying that it would have been impossible for them to imitate these men if they did not know them, if they could not see them, if they could not spend time with them. Now, as we look at these two examples of Timothy and Epaphroditus, I want to point out that their strengths are not the same. As we look at Timothy, we will consider those who are interested in the well-being of others. And as we look at Epaphroditus, we will consider people who have proven themselves in hardships. Paul upholds Timothy to the Philippian church in verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Paul says there is no one like Timothy. Now, he's not saying that Timothy is the only person who will be concerned with their welfare, but Paul recognizes that Timothy stands out as the one who will genuinely seek their interests above his own. Paul uses the precise language when he describes Timothy that he used earlier in describing the mindset that the Philippians were to have. And so notice in verse 21, he says, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. And if you flip back to chapter 2, verse 4, Paul writes, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Here is an example of someone who holds back his own needs for the service of others and for the advancement of the gospel. Paul explains that there is no one like him. There is no one who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare like Timothy. Now, Timothy at this point has actually been with Paul for about 10 years and accompanied Paul on many of Paul's journeys. And Paul knew what it was that drove Timothy to live in service to others. Paul knew how Timothy's mind worked. And you could say that Timothy is an example of everything that Paul had instructed the Philippians up to this point in the letter. And notice with me, chapter 1, verse 1, if you flip back to chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Timothy's name appears here in light of his association with Paul. He is seen as a servant of Christ, and he partners with Paul in his ministry. So Timothy is an example to the Philippians of someone who preaches not out of envy and rivalry, but out of love. He is a follower of Jesus Christ, a citizen worthy of the gospel of Christ, and he stands firm in his faith. Timothy reflects 
what it would look like in chapter 2, verse 12, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He is put up as an example for this church in Philippi as someone who holds fast to the word of life, shining as a light in the world. The gospel has transformed and matured Timothy, and genuine gospel ministry has been evident in his life as he is concerned for the welfare of others. Timothy is an effective reflection of Jesus Christ. And Paul says in verse 22, But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. Timothy has proven his worth as a son with a father. Paul is proud as punch and tells this church to keep their eyes on this guy. Have you met Christians like this? Christians who are concerned about how you are going, how you are really going, and how your family is doing. They care more about you than themselves. Now, I have a friend who makes a point of every time we meet, he asks me three questions. And it was only recently that I realized he asks me the same three questions. He first of all asks me how I am going. And then he asks me how my walk with Jesus is going. And then how my church family is going. He is a Christian who is more concerned about the welfare of others. Christians like my friend is not concerned with their own status or achievements. They are a reflection of Christ that we would do well to imitate. They are interested in the welfare of others and not themselves. And Paul tells us to imitate this type of person. So here and now, consider who is it that is concerned with your Christian well-being and imitate them. Paul then looks to Epaphroditus. And as we look at Epaphroditus, we are to consider those who have proven themselves in hardships. Look how Paul describes Epaphroditus in verse 25. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my needs. Paul refers to him as a brother, as a fellow worker, and a fellow soldier. Epaphroditus begins as a messenger and as a courier, and most likely the person who was chosen by the Philippian church to minister to Paul's needs. But his time with Paul seems to be up, and Paul wants to send him back, which is what Epaphroditus wants as well. And here we get this odd account where Paul explains that Epaphroditus was distressed 
because he heard that those in Philippi were distressed because they heard that he was ill and near death. And the interesting thing about Epaphroditus is that he's never concerned about his sickness. He is concerned about Paul's needs, and now he is concerned about the needs of the Philippian church. So Epaphroditus wants to head back. And Paul here makes the point that he was ill. He was very sick, and he almost died. Epaphroditus had been very sick, almost to the point of death, and yes, he still continued. He still, in Paul's words, has ministered to Paul's needs. And Paul is eager to send them back so that they may rejoice at seeing him again, so that Epaphroditus may serve them as well. Now notice what Paul says about Epaphroditus in verse 29. Paul says, So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Here Paul holds up Epaphroditus for his service through illness and struggles. Epaphroditus has proven himself in hardships. And there are so many different types of people that we could imitate. There are great leaders. There are enthusiastic people who want to pursue excellence. And there are the cool leaders. But they may not be the type of person that has the mindset of Christ. And it can be really difficult to see the difference between someone who's serving others for their own gain and someone who is serving others in humility. And we can easily get caught up in imitating those who are serving for the wrong reasons. And I even think that this is something that Paul himself struggles with. He understands the need and the place for leaders as role models, people to imitate. But he, even he struggles with others imitating him because they may just think better of him than they should. They might put Paul up on a pedestal rather than Christ. Depending on what others saw in Paul, he may not be an effective person, not be effective in reflecting Christ. Paul, on a number of occasions, not just in this letter to the Philippians, says to other churches, imitate me. But he's not saying imitate me in my achievements, but imitate me in my weakness when I am weak, when I am desperate, when I am relying on God's provision and protection, when I know that it is God alone who will sustain me and get me through, Paul says, that is when you can imitate me. That is when I am most effective in reflecting Christ. So have a look around the church. Who here has proven themselves In hardships, who has mourned the loss of loved ones? Who here 
has faced financial struggles, who has been knocked down with illness time and time again, tested and yet still serve Christ through tough times. Look for those who have proven themselves in hardship and imitate them in their weakness. I think it's important for us to know how some here today are still faithful and able to glorify God through what they have gone through. And I ask you, do you know how they have done it? How is it that they are still remaining faithful through hardships? Because they are the examples to us that we are to imitate. Now, I know personally for me, over the last few years, one of the most beneficial things for my faith has been some of you who have opened up and shared with me your struggles, who I've heard about your struggles, as hard as they are, seeing what you have continued to do in, and continued in your faith has made what I have gone through seem like nothing and has given me more confidence for the sake of Christ. And I thank God for you, for your willingness to share, and for your faithfulness in standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the sake of the gospel. Paul says, honor such people. Search them out and imitate them. Search them out and see how they are a reflection of Christ's selfless, sacrificial service to others time and time again through hardships. Paul says to the Philippian church that such people as this are to be honored and imitated. In verse 29, he says, So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. In short, imitate those who have proved themselves in hardships. And there's this constant thread that Paul weaves through this letter. The idea that if we are going to go through hardships and we are imitating those who have done so before us, then we too can have the confidence that we can and we will get there in the end. And so, as Epaphroditus is put up as an example for the Philippian church to follow, we too are to look to those who are effective reflections of Christ, who, when going through hardships, they have the mind of Christ. And notice how Paul, quite cleverly, in his description of Epaphroditus, explains in verse 30 that he nearly died. Paul says he was sick to the point of death. And once again, compare this to chapter 2, verse 8, where Paul, in describing Christ, says, 
and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Just as Christ humbled himself to the point of death, so too did Epaphroditus. What a noteworthy example to follow. And so when we look around our church, we have people who we too can imitate. Those who are interested in the well-being of others more than their own, just like Timothy. And those who have proven themselves in hardships, just like Epaphroditus. Paul says, honor them. And join in imitating me. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And so as we conclude, I want you to take a few minutes tonight to think of someone here in our church that you might like to ask a question or two about how the service of others is always more important to them than their own personal aspirations. Think of someone in our church that has proven themselves in hardships and ask them how it is that they have done so with the mind of Christ. And keep your eyes on them. Imitate them. Honor such people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we seek to follow your Son, Jesus, make us good examples of your love and give us wisdom to see those around us who are faithfully serving your people and your Son. Teach us, we ask, to be citizens of heaven worthy of the gospel. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, I'll give you a few minutes to reflect and possibly ask a question using slido.com, and then I'll be uh, uh, back after a song.